This is KDLL 91.9 FM, Kenai Soldatna, listener-supported public radio for the central Kenai Peninsula. You're tuned into the Kenai Conversation. I'm Riley Board. across Alaska kicked off last week. The season-long, multi-distance, multi-sport winter challenge allows athletes and amateurs alike to push themselves to get outside during the winter and log miles. Today, we're talking to some of the people behind the event. We first talked to a group of organizers before the race kicked off, then checked in with race organizer Heather Helzer after it had already started. Stay tuned. today by the organizers of Race Across Alaska, and I'll start out by having each of my guests introduce themselves. Hey, I'm Heather Helzer. I'm the race director for the Race Across Alaska, also an owner of Turnigan Training. I put on kids triathlon camps, races, and I have a youth triathlon team here in Anchorage, Alaska. My name is Lori Lingefeld, and I am a second-year ambassador volunteer um, with the representing the Kenai Peninsula area. Uh, for the um, race across Alaska. I'm Katriona Reynolds, and I'm in Homer. Uh, this is my second year participating in the race across Alaska, and my first year as a team uh, leader and an ambassador. Uh, we've got the team psychological down here in the Homer area, and um, we're looking forward to a great season. Well, thank you all for introducing yourselves, and we'll start out with a really simple question, which is what is the Race Across Alaska? Yeah, so the Race Across Alaska was uh, born four years ago, uh, well, five years ago, uh, while on a bike ride across the state of Ohio, my husband and I uh, ping pong back and forth, different ideas for ways that we could make an event, um, that we could make an event while COVID was going on. It was in 2019, uh, fall of 2019, And we were just exhausted from everything continue to keep getting canceled and really trying to establish what our why was for continuing as athletes. Um, And so we came up with the Race Across Alaska. It starts the first day of winter, December 21st, and goes to the last day of winter this year. That's March 19th. Uh, So 89 days of winter. And uh, it's a a virtual challenge where you log your miles for those three months. Uh, You can walk, run, ski, bike, you name it, anything that accrues miles. And the goal is really just to give people the athletic motivation to keep moving in those dark winter months when we're all struggling for mental health and for balance in life to have that why. And how many individuals have participated in in each year so far? Yeah, our first year we had just over a thousand. Uh, the second year we had just over 2000 last year, we were up to 2,700 and right now currently we're just shy of 2,300 people signed up. So it's been amazing of the 2,300 people signed up for this year. We have, um, 800, I think, oh gosh, I'm not certain on the numbers, but, um, it's, it's about, uh, 60% are in-state in Alaska, and then about 40% are out of the state of Alaska. And the, it's typically people that are passionate about visiting Alaska and um, 
want some sort of connection. Maybe they have family or friends that live here in Alaska and they want to have that connection with them. Um, or they just are looking for a fitness challenge as well. And they stumbled across the race across Alaska. So we have um, 49 states currently signed up. We're looking still for Rhode Island. If anybody's got a family member from Rhode Island, invite them, please. Uh, and we have nine countries signed up. So um, Australia, South Africa, we have uh, two countries in Africa, um, in Europe, a bunch in Europe, and then Canada. So it's been really cool to see it grow over the year. Well, can you tell me a little bit about how the race works from a participant perspective? What what are you doing and how are you logging those miles and, and being a part of the race? Yeah, this is Katriona. Um, so you, how I track is I use um, an app uh, that actually logs my miles as I'm doing them. And then each week I like to sit on Sunday with my coffee and enter in that, that week's um, miles into the uh, race across Alaska dashboard. Um, it's really, for me, that works really well. I know some people log every day and some people only log when they're prompted to, but once a week's a nice ritual. And I can see if I'm keeping up on the average I need to complete my event. Um, but yeah, it's, it's intentional miles. It, it's not just when you're walking around the office uh, and your day-to-day -day movement. It's actually when you are... Uh, intentionally taking your dog for a walk or going for a bike ride or a ski and um, those are the miles that count for this challenge so what i've said as the race director is it's all about you establishing what fitness means for you so some people you know will email me and say like hey you know to me that means like walking 10,000 steps and i'm like okay well then just log that that's cool like at the end of the day, this is not a competition. Nobody wins a, uh, a gold medal for getting first place. Everybody gets a medal for finishing and you get a medal with a different distance that you've accomplished. Um, but the um, the goal is, is for you to just establish like what fitness is for you. But like Katriana was saying, like we all have to shovel our driveways when it snows. Like that's not something we're like, nope, not gonna do it. You're like, okay, I have to shovel. And so I encourage people to not log those miles. But some people, you know, that is really hard work. You know, um, our average um, age group of our race, the biggest age group rather, is 40 to 65. And so that's a big deal for, you know, a 65-year-old to have to get out, especially if they have a huge driveway and shovel or snowblow. And so, you know, you do you, you log it, you put it in walk mode, and, and that counts if, if that's what you determine. But I, as a race director, continue to keep voicing, like, try to challenge yourself to not do that, just establish, because it is really cool at the end of the three months to look back and be like, whoa, look what I finished extra, right? It, like, I went above and beyond my extra means of daily lifestyle. And it, it's pretty rewarding to be able to see, like, how much time you devoted and how many miles extra you accomplished because of this, this challenge. Yeah. And you mentioned the different distances. I know those are based on the distances between different places within the state. Can you explain how that, how that part works? Blair, you want to take it? Sure. So, um, you can get, when you get on the website, you can see the different distances. Um, uh, if you want to do, I think is 75, the, the lowest 60 or 75. And then I think there's 125 and, and so on. Um, and so each, Obviously, each distance, I believe, is from Anchorage to another city. So, um, and then I think, um, you know, you would probably look at whatever distance you want to do based on maybe the activity you do. So if um, you're solely a swimmer, you might have to pick us, you know, 60, mi 60 miles instead of 500 miles because swimming, swimming takes is a lot of work and energy, but it takes a while to get a mile. Um, but, uh, so they all, uh, she said, there's all the, the different venues that you can use for your types of activity. Yeah. So our, our race is based on different Anchorage or cities in Alaska. So it's, it's just about trying to get racers that like experience and attachment to, um, make it more real. And so our shortest distance is 60 miles. Um, that's Anchorage to Whittier, um, our next distance is 100, and that is, um, let me read it for you. 
um, the that is averaging 0.7 miles a day if you do Anchorage to Whittier. 125 miles is the second one, and it's Anchorage to Sheet Mountain, um, which is on your way to Glen Allen. Uh, that's an average of 1.4 miles a day. 235 is Anchorage to Denali National Park. 300 is Anchorage to Delta Junction. 500 is Alaska Long Trail. Now that was a, the choice was made on that because the Alaska Long Trail um, was like something that we have been fundraising for. We've raised over $100,000 for the Alaska Trails to help with the de development of the Alaska Long Trail. So um, the Alaska Long Trail is a cool one. All the other races, um, there's also an 800, uh, 1150, which is Iditarod Trail in the 2000, the Ketchikan to Dead Horse. So that's the whole state. The Alaska Long Trail is, a lot, is kind of a cool one because along the way, um, you get mile, you get uh, virtual badges, but the Alaska Long Trail, you get um, trail badges. So you get like uh, at mile 16, you get Lost Lake. And then later on you get Crow Pass. And so there are different um, trail badges. Whereas all the other races, it's um, towns along the way. So, um, you know, for Anchorage to Whittier, it's like the Girdwood Junction. So um, uh, every race you get eight virtual badges. So as you're logging in, um, they'll start showing up in your, your racer inbox. And the Alaska Long Trail is sewered to Fairbanks, correct? Is that the correct? The yeah, path there? that's cool. the goal. Yeah, that's the goal. Is five hundred miles from Seward to Fairbanks. Cool. And then, in terms of the modalities that racers use, you've mentioned biking, skiing, swimming, walking. Can someone combine those to complete their miles, or do you need to commit to one type of racing? You can do it in any combination. I. Uh... I often have, will have four or five different activities in one week that I end up on there between snowshoeing, walking and hiking and biking and skiing. Um, so yeah, it, it's, you, it's variety is the thing. And then I think it's really, as well as fitness, I think it really fosters community too, because there's so many people on teams and, and locally we have get togethers and events so you can go and cruise some of those miles together and maybe meet new people or just an opportunity to have an exercise buddy. Katriana, why don't you tell us like your team name, kind of the, who, the group of people, like what are some things you guys do? Yeah, so uh, the team in Homer last year was Team K-Bay and my friend Michael uh, was the organizer, but he's not going to be in the state uh, this year very much. So he's actually... Um, when I reached out to him to see if he was organizing it, he said he wasn't and hinted that I did. Um, I am a co-owner of Psychological, which is a bike and ski and outdoor shop down here in Homer. Uh, so it seemed like a good uh, fit to um, have Team Psychological um, as, as a hub for some of the meetings and things. Um, but one of the main things I do is compile the um, local opportunities that are already happening rather than trying to create our own. So, for example, um, in the email this week, I'm highlighting the skier age, the, the Catchback Nordic Ski Club's doing. I posted about um, the grooming of the snowmads trails which is so great for fat biking and uh, you know sometimes skiing is good out there I know people who run out there um, and so it's a lot of sharing local opportunities that uh, others maybe miss or don't know about um, but then as the winter gets going we have like a weekly activity of just uh, Thursday evening let's all go for a run on the spit and things like that um, and so while it's team psychological is kind of attached to the shop. It's not, there's not a commercial aspect for that. It just, you know, we had a logo. It seemed like a good way to go. And people seem pretty comfortable with that. It's being promoted by the other shops in town too. Yeah. And how does that team aspect work? Is that just you're getting together with a group of people to, you know, motivate yourself to accomplish those miles? Or is there a way that, um, that the team is a part of, of the race and, and competitive aspects? Yeah, so there is a team leaderboard um, 
It's, it's, that's a tricky one. Um, as a team, it's more about building camaraderie and um, building togetherness um, and knowing that your buddies are also doing the same goal as you um, or as like meeting the same challenge. Um, but you need to have everybody on the same distance in order to work together as a team in our leaderboard. Um, so your team might be spread out amongst the eight different distances. Um, and so you can't work together. There's not a cumulative leaderboard, which is a bummer. That's something that we've requested several times from the run sign up system. Um, so the, the people that like, if you have five people on your team that are all in the 350 mile race, you can encourage them all to log your miles. Like we got to move up in the leaderboard and you can move up that way. Um, but it's really just about, um, like Katriana mentioned, just like establishing camaraderie and um, togetherness um, through knowing that you're all on the same um, fitness journey for the three months. Laura, do you want to talk about your team? You guys are a pretty big team too. I'm sure we actually kind of have two teams. Um, so uh, we have uh, Biker Chicks, which um, I think we're a smaller team. Um, but then um, the Kenai Pinnacle Outdoor Club has another team, um, Puffin Power. And that's gotten pretty big. And um, what's kind of great about the teams is I think like as both uh, Heather and Katriana mentioned is that you just kind of you're feeding off of each other, you're helping each other, encouraging them to make your miles and stuff and just kind of creates that camaraderie to and um, I think it's great to see people in your group that you know what activities are they doing to complete their miles maybe what trails are they going on so um catch around and post a lot about homer it's great i'm excited to get down to homer this year to do some skiing and stuff and um so excited about those trails down there as well as uh, uh Sultashi trails here in the local area but there's just so many different trails you can take so it's um, nice to see on your groups who where everybody's going the race is really just about um like building this camaraderie through togetherness, through this virtual platform, it is so empowering. Every year we see, seriously, like tons of people that come from out of state because they've seen all of our pictures and they feel connected, right? And um, I've built so many friendships and relationships from people and I've gone to different areas because I've seen out of state their pictures and where they're hiking. And I'm like, well, that's so cool. You know, and um, at the same time, um, it's really, you know, like two of our ambassadors up in Fairbanks, they didn't know each other. And now they're like best friends and they're working together. And it's all because of this virtual platform and they're making such an impact. And it's so cool to see. And, um, uh, you know, it, it the inspiration that we get when it's like a dark day and it's crappy and, you know, it's like a sheet of ice in the spring and stuff like that. But then you're like, oh, I don't want to exercise. But then you see this person up in Fairbanks, it's like covered in frost. And you're like, okay, I can do this. It's not that bad, you know? Or when the people in Fairbanks see that we're still moving and um, and we're doing our treadmill run or whatever, like that inspires them too. So we're like, we're all benefiting from the mental health piece of it. And it's it's just really empowering. Lori, I was going to ask you, since you're based on the central peninsula you know where do you see most people choosing to get in those miles what are some some popular routes and paths and ways that people um people participate in the race in this area um i think in this local area um Sultashi trails is huge because of all the miles of uh trails that they have and that you can like slycock you can easily take your dog for a walk you know and stuff so you're getting your dog walked as well as yourself but you know there's also so many other um great town trails um in soldatna there's a uh, centennial park you can go to um that's like almost two mile if you do the whole thing you know one one round of course um and then ski hill road is great there's a lot of people using that as well and then um you know there's a lot of uh, like arc lake you can go out there there's a lot of um if somebody's grooming i'm not sure what's going on right now this year but last year in the past there's been somebody out there kind of grooming that area um and and the beach is huge you know the Kenai beach is huge for everybody around here you can walk take your dog or sorry uh, walk or take your bike fat tire biking out there um so I think those it's just a cumulative trails um that everybody can use 
um, and get your miles in here. And then it's kind of nice to just on a weekend go somewhere else. Like I'm, like I said, looking forward to going to Homer. Um, some friends had posted about um, up at uh, Cooper Landing. Trails are getting groomed up there and looking nice up there. So those are easy for the Peninsula people to bop up there on a weekend and go hit those trails, get some extra miles in as well. And that's the cool thing about the race is like, you know, when I decide from Anchorage to go to Homer on my way, you know, over New Year's and then on my drive home, all of a sudden I'm like, well, geez, I know about this trail. It looks like it's been amazing conditions. Got to go check it out. You know, it's so, it's so cool how that impact, um, and it makes our social media feeds so much more positive and motivating than, um, those times where you kind of get suckered into the doom and gloom. So, yeah, it seems like it's both personally motivating in terms of doing the exercise, but then also inspiring in terms of where you could new places to try out and where other people are, are successfully exercising. Definitely. Yeah. We talk about it that our, our superstar uh, celebrity on our race is a 96 year old that, um, that logs her miles every day and she's incredible. And you're like, Oh, I don't want to do it. And then you see that Betty Tomich has gone out and done her 1.2 miles every day with her micro spikes and her trekking poles and girdwood. And you're like, what's my why? What's my why? You know? And so it's super cool to see that. And, um, I love getting my kids. My kids are five and seven years old. I set up a trainer, um, a stationary base uh, for their bicycle. So they ride their bike next to me in our home. And it's so fun for them because, you know, they, they last like five minutes, but um, it gets them a little further and it gets those wiggles out before bedtime. And, um, you know, we have a lot of creative ways to keep them going a little longer and might, might be incentivized by a dessert or something, but um, those are fun ways that we've incorporated physical activity into our home in those winter months. And it helps my kids as well to sleep better at night, to have better attitudes and all of that. So yeah, we have a, I, I love that. I have about your kids. We, we have a six-year-old on the Homer team too. And this year she signed up for 125 miles. I think that's a pretty big challenge for her, but I know her mom likes getting her wiggles out too. Yeah, you know, a lot of our miles with my kids are like 0.6 miles and it's like the Potter Marsh boardwalk or something very slow. Or for my kids, we I do log like walking for sledding, you know, like that's that's like the exercise because they got to walk back up that hill to do it again. And so little things like that. Um, but uh, a lot of Alaskan kids are out doing cross-country skiing, you know, and that those miles fly by so quickly when you've got a buddy. And um, yeah, this year right now, I just looked at it yesterday, was very inspired by it, that we have 67 kids under the age of 18 signed up. So a lot of those families are um, families that are very, very into physical activity um, and want to incentivize their kids with something more or a lot of homeschool families. So that's pretty cool to get that group in involved. And so we have a homeschool program that um, is kind of leading the way on that. Um, so that's a cool way for homeschool families to like incorporate physical education through our um, through our race. And I've happily offered that I will build a homeschool program and um, and do the back work to allow for families to not have to take that cost and to use their homeschool stipend. So in terms of the the signups for this year, which distances are the most popular and also how many people are signed up for the Ketchikan to Dead Horse, um, you know, whole shebang race? Yeah, I, I will get you some numbers. Those are those are some of my favorite details. So um, our most popular race, um, I will have to look it up. Hold on one moment. I think on my team, it's a 500 miles, Heather, so I'd be interested to see if it's the same. I think our team, it's 250, so I'm interested, too, to see the main. Okay, so our biggest race right now is the 500-mile race. That is uh, 489 people are signed up for the 500-mile race. That's the Alaska Long Trail. That's our biggest race. Uh, the 2,000-mile race from Anchorage to Dead Horse, we currently have 
300 people signed up. Um, that's a really hard one. So Anchorage to Dead Horse, in order to do that, you have to do an average of 22.3 miles a day. And um, I can attest as somebody that did it uh, four years ago, the first year, it's a very hard goal. Um, it's a lot of indoor stationary biking involved um, in doing that goal, just because nothing else can touch um, the, the quantity of time it takes. Our first year, we did have somebody, her name's Kemi, she lives in Anchorage, um, that ran the entire 2,000 miles, which was incredible, running every day 22 miles. Um, she was obviously training for an ultra distance race, running race. Um, but uh, yeah, so we have 100 people signed up for that race. You're tuned into the Kenai Conversation, where we're talking to the people behind the race across Alaska, which began on Thursday, December 21st. After the break, we'll catch up with race organizer Heather Helzer after the kickoff date to see how the first days of the race have gone. Stay tuned. When we talked before, you were telling us about some of the most impressive things people have accomplished during the race. Did you have any other stories of really amazing distances that people have gone? Yeah. So um, we call her the Amazing Betty. She's 95 years old. She lives in Girdwood. I think I mentioned her already. She uh, she did, has done for the past three years the 125-mile race. Um, walking every day, which is so cool to see. Her uh, daughter, Lynn Kent, will post videos and pictures of Betty out walking every day. So it's been really cool to see her. And then, um, uh, let's see, some of our others, um, uh, we have a group of a couple of cyclists that are ultra cyclists that have done uh, between three and 5,000 miles over the three months of winter, which has been so cool to see and very inspiring. Um, some of the people that are cyclists will do it on what's called Zwift. It's like a smart trainer uh, computer system um, where you put your bike on a stationary um, trainer and then it actually has a computer system linked within it. And you link it up to um, a software called Zwift and uh, you're able to have your algorithm, your algorithm, uh, your avatar will bike across the uh, the course that you've chosen. So a lot of people do Zwift um, for the race across Alaska. There's a whole huge group of Peloton riders as well that um, have joined us in this part of the Peloton Alaska Facebook page. They've posted about the race across Alaska. Um, and they have been really making progress as well as a group, really, they, they have a very large group of following. So, yeah. And then we also have um, our youngest kids, you know, are usually my own children, uh, who are now this year five and seven. Um, and they usually do stationary biking. We have a trainer set up in our home that's meant for a smaller bike. Um, and they'll bike in my office on their bikes. Um, 
or we'll, as a family, just make a commitment. Every day we got to do a mile. So we'll go for a walk or we'll cross-country ski or something like that. So, But we always make sure that it's fun and rewarding and have incentives like hot cocoa and treats along the way to keep the positivity. So when you mentioned cyclists doing like three and 5,000 mile distances, I know that's longer than the sort of preset distances that exist within the race. How do those folks participate when they're doing much longer distances than the ones that you set out? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so 2,000 miles is 22.3 miles a day. So, you know, some of those athletes are biking 50 miles a day, which is just incredible. Um, we don't have any extra incentives if you go further. That's all, you know, your own intrinsic motivation. Um, uh, everybody uh, gets a medal that finishes the race. Depending on how far you get, you get a different medal. Um, so there's no, you know, longest or furthest racer. We don't have anything like that. We do at the end of the challenge, we have um, – a party at the end and it's just on virtual zoom and I just give shout outs to those that I feel like deserve those shout outs. And I've in the past mailed out swag as well um, to, you know, like the hardest worker, you know, and um, want the extra mile and extra little things like that. Cause some people, you know, really are just showing their exemplary way of being an athlete. And we just love to acknowledge those things. So, um, and it's just a fun little bonus, but it's not expected uh, within the race. There's no, like, criteria or qualifications for getting it. Um, so, but it's just another fun way to um, let people be seen and, you know, encourage them to continue sharing their story. I think, like, that's half of the part of the Race Across Alaska is that it's all virtual and um, so many athletes are sharing their stories every day of what they're doing and how they're inspiring others. And that's really half of the part of the race that is just so fun is um, seeing that like physical activity, positivity, like always on our social media feed. So uh, like yesterday, one of the athletes she mentioned for the kickoff party, she, before she went and did her walk in the morning, she went and volunteered for an hour with um, the VA hospital. And I just think that's so cool that, She's sharing the that that you know hopefully inspires somebody else to go out and volunteer. And I today just already shared that I volunteered this morning. I shoveled uh, snow in the tunnel for the Nordic Skiing Association to help them try to get the the last tunnel filled with snow for um, our winter triathlon coming up in a month. So hopefully things like that are also positivity within our race. It'll inspire others to give back to our community and really to uh, build community. Well, speaking of giving back, can you tell me about the fundraising aspects of this event? Yeah, yeah. So when you sign up for the Race Across Alaska, um, $10 for every entry we donate to a nonprofit of your choice. So there's three to choose from for this year. Our partners are Nordic Skiing Association of Anchorage, Challenge Alaska, and Alaska Trails. Um, so you get to choose which one you want to donate your $10 to, or you have the choice to donate to all three, and in which case we donate $3.33 to each of them. Um, so in addition to that, racers can donate more money to uh, a not, one of those three nonprofits that they'd like to um, give additional funds to. So through the racer $10 entry and additional funds, we have already raised over $40,000 for those three nonprofits this year. And then on top of it, there's other ways that we can give extra money to the nonprofits. So in your race entry, um, we've, you know, included the cost of the shirt and the hat, two shipments, because the first shipment is for your initial swag, and then your second shipment is for your finisher medal, which is also more swag that you get for signing up for the race. Um, but if you opt out of your shirt and hat and first shipment, we donate an extra $25 to the nonprofit pool. And then if you opt out of the second shipment, we donate an extra $5. Now, if you want your shirt and hat, but you come into our packet pickup, we have one packet pickup in Anchorage. It's at the truck store of Anchorage. Um, the date is still to be determined depending on our shipment arrival. 
uh, we will donate an extra five dollars because you, the racers, have saved us five dollars for shipping costs, and so we're just putting that money, allocating it to um, the nonprofits instead. So through all of that extra donations, we will acquire a couple thousand dollars, which is super cool um, ways to kind of keep giving back funds to our nonprofits. And why are those particular nonprofits important to you? Yeah, so. We have been, uh, we picked Alaska Trails right at the get-go when we started the Race Across Alaska four years ago because uh, we really wanted to see the Alaska Long Trail become a thing. We really wanted to help support them and fundraise for the Alaska Long Trail. Um, We kept seeing in the media that they were getting, they were on the ballot measure for getting funds from the state and then it was getting declined. And, you know, and so it was like, two steps forward, three steps back. And it was like they were not quite getting the funding that they needed. And so we picked Alaska Trails because we want to see the Alaska Long Trail become a thing. Um, My husband and I are both avid hikers, and we just believe in getting outside and hiking and exploring. Um, So, And then the second layer to the reason why I have a passion for the Alaska Long Trail is because Alaska Trails every month, uh, puts on a trail tales like talks um, uh, a week uh, a monthly talk and they're hosted this year at the Anchorage Museum and um, it's um, similar to Arctic Entries with its you know seven minute talks about a different topic. Well, I was asked six years ago to be on the panel. Um, I had done a, a the Chilkoot Trail with my ten month old baby across the across the Chilkoot Trail. The two of us by ourselves. And that made a lot of news, um, taking a baby across this 40-mile trail. And uh, right before me had been Tony Knoll had talked on that Alaska Trail Tales talk. And he was talking about the Alaska Long Trail and developing this trail and how it would be so cool and so impactful. And I was like, that is really cool. So kind of full circle, I'm now I'm feeling connected to it because I've had that connection with Tony Knowles. And so that's why I picked Alaska Trails. Um, our second nonprofit I chose was the Nordic Skiing Association of Anchorage because I'm a Nordic skier. Nordic Skiing Association of Anchorage has positively affected my life in so many ways. Their trials are incredible. It's so positive for our community. It's so cool to see how many people get out in the evenings because the trails are so incredible. And um, I can tell you from somebody that originally lived on the East Coast, like the the trials are not made out of thin air like and um a lot of communities do not use their parks like they could because the trials aren't that good so i can tell you that the nordic skiing association is doing an amazing job for our community and so that's why i picked them and then the third and final one is challenge alaska i picked challenge alaska to be our third nonprofit because um i have a deep core passion for um, helping all types of walks of life. I really believe in inclusivity and including everybody, no matter your gender, race, ability level. I think it's really important. Um, Informer, prior to being a race director, I was an adapted physical educator, so I have a master's degree in adapted phys ed. And so um, really just making sure to include everybody has always just been a really part of my core. And so that's why I picked the Challenge Alaska um, Foundation to support for our third and final uh, nonprofit. So now that the race has kicked off, can you tell me a little bit about what what, what the kickoff day was like and, and how things are going so far? Yeah, it's been so wonderful. So wonderful, man. It fills my bucket and it's so cool to see how many others have been filled as well. Um, Yeah, we have, we're just close to 2,500 people have signed up for the race. I haven't refreshed my phone in a couple of hours. We probably are at 2,500 right now. Um, They, uh, people have logged their miles. It's so cool. On all of our leaderboards, we have, I mean, over 50% of all the racers have already logged miles, which is so cool. Um, I checked it out at 8 a.m. yesterday, like eight hours into the race, and we already had like over 20 people with 30 miles. So I was like, oh, my God, like I felt like such a bum that I hadn't done anything yet. Um, and uh, speaking of which, my 
mother-in-law, as we talk right now, she's downstairs walking on my treadmill to get her miles. <laughs> um, she's been tasked with that as her chore for the day. Um, yeah, so it's just been so cool to see. We had a kickoff party last night, and um, on our virtual Zoom, we had a kickoff party, and it was so cool to see how many people came to our virtual party. Um, over 200 people have viewed the kickoff party as well. It's not too late to go back. And it's fun, the virtual Zoom kickoff party. I share all of our numbers, you know, um, how many people are participating, which races, how many people are participating in, um, what states, what cities are most popular, the countries, gender, all of those stats I kind of share because people love to see it. And I like to be transparent as a race director about where we're at. Um, and then uh, – so quite a few people had joined that. And then last night we had at Cuddy Park in Anchorage, we had a kickoff party here where the um, Anchorage Parks and Rec and I partnered and we had a walk at 6 p.m. Uh, at Cuddy Park, partnered with their Solstice Winter Festival. And then also on the Kenai, um, Lori, one of our ambassadors, hosted a, um, a ski um, uh where they lit candles along the um, the Kenai Golf Course and had uh, quite a bit of people out there as well. So it's super fun to see like all of the things happen. In in Homer, Katrina also had um, had a kickoff party in Homer, and they had about 15 people show up for their kickoff party as well. So it's just fun to see all of the groups coming together and. Um, seeing our Facebook group come back to life, seeing so many people getting back after it and doing some something for their fitness. So it's awesome. And I think the number one thing that I've seen a lot of is like, yay, we're so glad it's finally here. We were ready about six weeks ago. <laughs> so that's like the common theme in uh, feedback is like people want, oh, want it sooner. So I'll, as a race director, I got to kind of think up how to how to meet that need for next year. Yeah, I think I've been curious about that too, because, you know, skiing season, at least on the Kenai, usually kicks off the second that you physically can ski, yeah. you know, the second there's enough snow on the ground. And so, you know, the, the official start of winter is kind of a little late in the ski season. How did you mm -hmm. settle on the the time frame for the race originally? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm surely kicking myself because I really feel like from November 1st, I feel like from Halloween, basically, until uh, snow is packed into trails, we're all kind of struggling, right? And so there's definitely a need for us to build one more challenge, and we'll we'll get, we'll get it going for next year. Um, that shoulder season where it's um, icy, but it's getting dark and, you know, there's no longer dry pavement, but there's not skiable and there might not be ice skatable lakes yet, you know, like that weird, awkward time where, but it's dark, right? And we're all struggling with mental health. So trying to figure that out, I think is going to be a goal for next year. Um, but we established the, the date for the race across Alaska because we just wanted to showcase like the true spirit of Alaska, right? Like I feel like Alaskans embrace winter the best of any American city um, or state. Um, and I think that that was really where the, the goal was, was to, to show like how Alaskans, like the different things that we do, right? Like going running with a headlamp in the dark, like anywhere else in the U S they're like, what are you crazy? Like somebody could murder you in the dark. And you're like, Somebody could murder you during the day. <laughs> but, but, like, until you run with a headlamp, like, before, like, it's kind of scary. Like, it's a scary thought. But I think Alaskans really embrace, like, like the ability to still keep moving um, in the winter. And, like, so that's what I kind of wanted to to really focus on was, like, encouraging people to stay active in the winter when it is hard, it is cold, it is dark, but also really – being able to, you know, empower people through that as well, right? Like somebody in Fairbanks is running and it's negative 20 out and they're still running. Like what is my excuse in Anchorage where it's 20 out, right? And so having that really to kind of keep you motivated. So um, it's really been cool in the winter. 
And I'm curious, what distance are you attempting to complete this year? Yeah, yeah. I am signed up for the 800-mile race is what I'm signed up for. Um, But truthfully, as a race director, I just try to do as much as I can. I'm also um, a professional winter triathlete, so when I'm not – race directing like I've already today gone to Kincaid Park and fat tire biked and ran out on the snow um so that's always really my focal point but I love to still be participating and in it if I make it to my goal cool but um truly my goal is just to see people to show that I'm in there doing it too um but I'm not as affixed to my goal um because I have my winter triathlon season to focus on so I um, have winter triathlon nationals in Breckenridge, Colorado at the end of February. So that's my focus um, in getting that goal. And, you know, once I get to there, then I kind of like, I'm like, okay, that's done. Let's get back to the race across Alaska. And then I'll get serious about it, right? And um, then I might have to pull off 30 mile days, you know, because that terror biking, you do not acquire as many miles in an hour as you do on a trainer, right? Like, I can bike, I don't know, between 18 and 22 miles an hour on a trainer, whereas an hour fat tire biking, if it's really, really fast, you can maybe get 10 miles, you know, so um, it's a big difference. What's your preferred modality? What's your favorite? Yeah, man, it is so hard to say. Um, It depends on the weather. (laughs) Like today, I was wishing I had my cross-country skis because the snow looked really good for cross-country skiing um but man I had fun on I had fun biking but it was cold at Kincaid it was 10 degrees and the wind chill was way below 10 and so I was not having as much fun as I probably would have skiing um so I really just love all of them um I used to be I used to always say my favorite was running but um as I get older and I've gained a little bit of weight and um, I just don't run as much. Um, it doesn't, it's not my favorite. <laughs> it's not my favorite anymore. I enjoy, um, uh, skiing the most probably right now. Um, yeah, it's been fun. I joined the APU master ski team this year, um, with, uh, the goal in mind of really embracing cross country skiing and really challenging myself. Um, so many Alaskans grew up in the cross country ski world. And I didn't. I grew up as a downhill skier. And um, so, like, I I had a good concept of, like, you know, how to slow down when you're skiing and stuff like that. But um, my form is not always the best. And so really trying to kind of trying to embrace that and get better at it and see if I can do that, you know, as I approach my 40th year (laughs) of life. Is there a place that folks can go to learn more about the race, and can people still sign up even though it's kicked off? Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. You can sign up until the last day of the race. The last day of the race is March 19th, uh, 2024, so in 88 days, you can sign up all the way up till then. Uh, if you signed up on the last day, you could actually backlog your miles. So if you had a device that you were logging miles, maybe it be a Garmin or an Apple Watch or an app, you know, on your phone, you could go and backlog the miles for the whole winter. And some people do that, and that's fine. Um, uh, so the sign-up um, goes all the way till the end. Uh, we are submitting our second and final shirt order on January 2nd. And so after January 2nd, you're not guaranteed to get a shirt. Uh, we will order extra, but we will not order a large amount of extra. So that is the one caveat people might need to know. Um, and uh, for signing up, it's pretty easy. The Race Across Alaska's website is raawc.com for Race Across Alaska Winter Challenge. Um, and then they can also come and follow us on Facebook. We have a private Facebook group. Um, asks you some questions in order to get joined. Um, and one of the questions is, are you signed up? But if you're not ready to commit, but you want to kind of see what it's about, like go ahead and join the group. Um, and then we will approve you and then you'll realize like oh in order to get the full bang for your buck you really have to sign up because being on the leaderboard and seeing your seeing your progress as you're logging miles is really half of the 
more than half of the fun of the race. Um, I'd say the other half, you know, is the swag and the the camaraderie that the swag brings to our community. Seeing others out with their hat on is so fun. It's so cool. And then um, also uh, uh, just being a part of something big like this, right, with over 2,500 people, it's just super empowering to know that you're signed up for something that so many others are as well. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me, Heather, and best of luck completing your own 800 miles. Thank you. Thanks, Riley. And that's all for this episode of The Kenai Conversation. Thanks to Heather Helzer, Lori Lingefeld, and Katriona Reynolds for joining us. You can hear The Kenai Conversation every week on Wednesday at 10 a.m. and Saturday at 5 p.m. here on KDLL. Or you can find it on our website, kdll.org. I'm Riley Board. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.